The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Tracy Newman. My presence is a gift, so remember the thank you note. Lily. Some people say I'm too much, but she's just starting. Marl Farsi. Reading is fundamental, and in Farsi, the reads are monumental. Tracy Masters. When you're the master of your own destiny, no one can take you down. Amanda Agosti. Some Amandas are tech spots, but this Amanda is as real as it gets. Ade Ade Dokun. It may look like I'm stirring the pot, but actually I'm just smoking it. Paula Bretrude. If you think I'm a bitch, you're probably right, and you probably deserved it. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets, and I get it all. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back, and also by unsolicited opinion. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success and my great ass. Deepa Kanapoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least they're not federal indictments. Hadil Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. Srinidhi Subramaniam. I have four degrees, eight syllables, and zero Fs to give. Shannon Anthony. There's no fun in moderation, but there's plenty of shade. Brianna Tooney. Some people strive for perfection, but I'm already there. Rita Ryan. Don't be fooled by my Midwest charm, because I'm nobody's fool. And finally, Beth The secret to my success is staying out of your BS. I don't even know how to start. I just finished Beverly Hills. I just yeah. finished it like at it's one oh five right now in the afternoon on a Friday and I finished it at twelve fifty two. So did okay. I. <laughs> really? Yeah. So you are bo- you both are like fresh and raw response to <sighs> That's how I feel about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. But before we get into Beverly Hills and Vanderpump Rules today, I'm really excited because we have a guest on the podcast. It is our friend, Zell from Who Asked Me Podcast. And <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on here because I think that one of the things that you always say on your podcast, which I think is like, you know, should be like in the pamphlet of like being a housewife, which is, you know, you could, you can just say nothing. Yes. <laughs> Just say nothing. Just say nothing, because the four fucking episodes of this Beverly Hills reunion. Oh, my goodness. It's wild, because to some degree, I was like, you could have just said nothing to mm-hmm. everybody else there. But then I got mad, because there were so many moments where I was like, why aren't you saying anything mm-hmm. for a majority of it? I'm sweating a little bit, because I was so annoyed watching it. So I'm going to have a lot of feelings. But it was essentially a replay of the entire season and each of the lies that she said all of the discrepancies she just kept on doing the same thing here it was literally just a replay so andy did ask the questions but her responses were pretty much what she gave before there was exactly. nothing new in her response Mm-mm. there's nothing Except new. For, if anything, if anything we've been from 12 to 9 <laughs> yes yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> Okay, before we get into all of that shit, I, we always have to ask our friends who come mm-hmm. on the podcast, Sal, who is your problematic favorite on Bravo? Okay, listen, one of them. There <laughs> and, are quite a few. And yeah, I do. I mean, everybody. Yes. But one of them is DJ James Kennedy. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, him talking to Raquel about the nose job last week, I was just like... <laughs> 
stop. Please stop. You sound very bad. Okay. Don't. But like that whole conversation, which we will get into it, but like we're going. This should have been a conversation. She's like, I have to tell them you bumped my nose. And then he's like, why do we have to? (laughs) Just like. It's he's crazy. Like, and then he starts talking about how, like, I, if you better not, pretty much, essentially, you better not be ugly. Like, you better not be, like, mess your nose up too much, which, like, is a valid concern of her messing her nose up because we've seen bad nose jobs and that she already had one and right. it didn't go great. But, like... I think what he wanted to say was, you are beautiful to me right. the way you are. Right. I don't want you to do anything more. I don't want you to go down this path where... You change a lot of things and mess up your face. Exactly. And I don't want but, you to feel bad about that. So, and exactly. It's not and this what is, he said. It's not a language James Kennedy speaks. And even, but this is my thing with James. Even back in the day, like, I definitely think he needs to be sober. But when him and Katie would get into it, I was just like, ooh, two pe- wrong people. Kristen or Katie? Katie. Kristen. When him and Katie used to get into it because of Kristen. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, yeah I would be like, sure. two wrong people wronging because you should not be calling this woman big in any way shape or form but also katie i would be like stop talking about his family stop talking about his mom oh my god because like i'm very close to my mom if she had those issues that his mom had and if somebody would say the stuff Mm -hmm. that katie would say to him i was like Mm -hmm. who knows what would come out of my mouth yeah so he is one of my problematic faves what if i could see that james's mom low budget Oh my god. <laughs> and there just... lies the conundrum of being part of the Bravo viewership, which is that when one show we're watching, we're like, that's fucked up. You can't talk about his mama. His mama's got major issues. And another side, we're like, your mama is so funny. Like the why journey that? <laughs> that I've been on with Candace this year. <laughs> I never thought we'd be here. Um, but I low budget, if she called his mom low budget knowing. struggles then yes but you know Mm. your mama if i got nothing else your mama (laughs) okay let's talk because we're on the topic of james and i think that it's interesting that you brought you brought this thing up about him being like don't tell them that i bumped your nose right i want to talk about vanderpump rules because i think that what james is doing here is like he's he okay so Raquel obviously she got her nose bumped quote unquote by James I, that alarming I was like what do you how mm, that how this was so I didn't quite understand this was this after her surgery yes. or before her yeah. surgery yes it, it wasn't was the cause of the surgery no the cause okay. of the surgery was Raquel just wanted a different nose but yeah. after she got her nose job he apparently kissed her too hard <laughs> and which then caused an issue with her nose so she wants to get that fixed which james is like okay but then when raquel says well i will have to tell them james is so nervous about what that will sound like and what that will look like because i feel like it was more than a bump okay Mm -hmm. let's just say it he's worried about that so instead of saying i don't want you to do that i don't want you to tell them these things because i'm afraid that it's going to make me look bad which he does say but because she doesn't change her mind he immediately goes to like yelling at her and saying like well, you're going to make me look bad, but I can't say that. So instead, I'm going to just lash out on you and tell you, well, what if you get ugly with your nose that right. I can't be with you because ugly people is, are not good enough for me? Like he just he his insecurities are so transparent, which How? is why I also am a big 
DJ James. Kennedy. How he gets from one point to another? Yeah. yeah. Do we give him points for being honest about his feelings? <laughs> Do we give him a point? I, like, I give I him under- points for the honest feelings being very problematic. I understand. Tough, right? Yeah. I know. I understand like the concern and what he was trying to say because it's a big reason. A lot of people I know and my friends are getting like Botox and stuff, but yeah, that yeah. is the thing that keeps me from getting it because I'm like, what if something doesn't go right? And yes. that's like I'm totally scared. I, I'm just like James, please. How you get from point A to point B to then point C, and you've just completely screwed yourself and offended everybody along the way is crazy to me. He's kind of like, I mean, he is a lot like Jax, right? Like that was oh, the yeah. thing that everybody would yeah. point out, which is that James is Jax in mm-hmm. his youth. And also Jack's in his old age. The difference with James is that it's almost like, it's like you said, Arthi, it's like he recognizes his thought process. He says his thought process out loud. So it's like clear to see, but it's still problematic. It's kind of like we talked about with Mary last week, which was that like Mary knows what her triggers are, but instead of dealing with the triggers, she's just like, you better not fucking trigger me. Mm -hmm. It's kind (laughs) of like James is like, he recognizes what he's thinking and how that journey happens. So he's aware. But it's like, if you're not doing anything about that to change yourself, or if your change involves hurting people that you're close to then it's like do i give you credit for doing some of the work or not (laughs) and it's still better than nothing it is but also (laughs) did you notice how apparently max is just like fine with him now and he's like because that shit was fake exactly Exactly. the very yeah we called it the very first time we saw him like that's fake because they couldn't even argue like in front of lisa and Mm -hmm. like in anybody's like in rea- actual reality mm-hmm. your mom would not allow your friend into her house <laughs> to call you weak and to say like you've crossed a line and blah. my mom would be like oh we're done with them they threw food yeah. at you we're done we're done here well, like i will say poor max is the adopted child here oh, so i, I do think that there that. is that also it's like lisa has frequently put poor max in shitty position i mean the kid was a bus boy at sir for like seven years Eight years yeah do you think candy ever bust or did any of the hard work no, no. she probably didn't even like bartend or anything. she probably brought in flowers and arranged it maybe somebody else Designer. brought in the flower and she arranged the flowers mm-hmm. maybe that's yeah. all she did yeah at most she was like let me slap my name on like sangria and call right. it a day and that yeah. was it so a majority of this episode was about brock and sheena really lala is coming in making this her storyline mm-hmm. i thought there were a, a bunch of red flags because oh also since we last talked about vanderpump rules lala has officially broken up with randall mm-hmm. who she says is an upstanding citizen of the world at the end of the episode oh my god she's uh, he's obviously not um yeah. but there were a couple of things like where lala invites ariana over to set up the bar situation and ariana says i get it and uh, somebody who struggles with alcohol shouldn't be setting up alcohol at a party it's kind of like somebody with a gambling addiction shouldn't be hosting a party in vegas and i'm wondering if that was like a shady dig at randall because they're making jokes about how it's like oh he's called rebuy randall because he's constantly rebuying because he's constantly losing money Mm. and it's like okay so we're joking about this we're joking about how randall is like so rich that he gets to like casually gamble 
we're also talking about how Brock is a piece of shit for not paying child support. But do you know that there was like reports out about Randall going to court asking for the courts to lower his monthly child support, which granted was $50,000 a month. It's a lot of money. But he wanted that lowered because he couldn't afford it because business had been rough. But oh, what happened, Rebuy Randall? Like you are obviously a gambling addict. Right. Mm -hmm. So Lala hasn't outwardly said it, but I felt like Ariana was maybe hinting at what was going Mm -hmm. on. Yeah. And I was confused too, because in that hotel room, I was like, oh, I I don't know. I was like tuning in and out because I was a little bit triggered by Vanderpump Rules this weekend because of my work situation stuff Mm -hmm. going on at work. And I realized I work for a mini Tom Schwartz. Oh, But like, I was like- You work- for a Tom Schwartz? Yeah, like a t- two men just exactly like him. And I had like... Like how did they get to be boss <laughs> if they're Tom Schwartz? Listen. Because they're white? Listen, literally. Mediocre white lit- Literally. Mediocre okay. White. I like, I just had, and I realized, I thought of you both. I realized that my boss was having a private experience earlier in the week <laughs> because I came up with these cocktails for a Christmas pop-up shop and I spent like eight years bartending. So like, I know how to build a drink. Yeah. I had a yeah. very Ariana experience. And then... <laughs> He just like <laughs> shit on everything without being uh, like, how about you make me two of these? Like blah, blah. Yeah. And I was just like, <sighs> like in a rage. <laughs> and I'm the only female manager yeah. in the building. Like I'm the only one. So I was, and I constantly have to play like tether ball in between yeah. the servers and him because he doesn't know how to talk to women, but whatever. Yeah. So, but backtrack, backtrack. <laughs> when I tuned back in and I realized I was like, they have a gambling setup or a poker set up like above the thing so i'm like is this being recorded for whatever randall does on espn or whatever i'm like this is intense and jesse metcalf is here why why yeah the whole thing with lala was so frustrating because she is somebody who likes to dish it out but can never ever ever take it makes herself the victim but i actually appreciate that lala is putting in an effort to make herself look like a good person here and pulling out all these tears and all this crap because my favorite part of all of it is watching Sheena just sit there and not say a word. Yeah. yeah. I am actually happy for Sheena that that's the response that she's able to give. Because in the past, you know she wouldn't have. She would have cried. She would have mm-hmm. been a mess. But now she's at a point where she's like, you do you. This is my friend's group. And right. she's comfortable because in the past Lala would have brought this up with Stasi and all the witches. witches mm-hmm. Right. And that would have been a very toxic It would have been a pylon. Oh, it would, it would have, have been, been so a pylon. bad. Here, Lala is alone, which is why she backs off so quickly and victimizes herself. Exactly. And my one thing is like, I was watching it and I was like, see, I don't feel bad for Brock because you just admitted that you were violent against your partner. But that doesn't mean that does not mean that Lala is in the right here. Like she's trying to mask it as I'm just I'm like for women like all the time blah blah and you're not you're not no, honey no. you were sleeping with somebody's husband knowingly yeah. okay yeah. and I loved when Ariana was like trust me I know we lied for her yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was like I know we lied for her it's like girl the jig is up and she like even for Lala to like freak out and say you're not going to compare Randall and I said this on my podcast no Randall was not hitting anybody that we know of But while he was flying you out and cheating on his ex-wife with you, Lala, he was, he had two kids over here that he was not paying attention to. Just like now when he was cheating on you, 
yeah. you, Ocean, and then his ex-wife and those three kids were being neglected. So exactly. like Yeah. And it was and you have to remember when Lala was doing that, the only people that were friendly with her were Ariana and Tom. And exactly. And Sheena. And Sheena. Gina they were the only ones Lala. that were, yeah, yeah, they were backing up Lala. And this is how Lala does stuff. I, I really hate how, like, we know Shishu has made some very, very questionable <laughs> men choices. I really hate the fact that she's made those choices as being thrown in her face. Mm-hmm. Now, because, like, yeah, we all have. Katie, mm-hmm. your husband threw a dumped a drink on you I on national TV know. in the middle yeah. of the street. Girl, please, we don't talk about that nearly enough. Like we no, really don't. Enough. Okay, he, he like, throws digs at her every all the time, time every he, second that he's he wants. Making to. a joke of your fertility journey. Yes, mm-hmm. like there is no. I would literally be like, we're not having a baby. And Randall, now that he has all of these problems, he cannot afford the fifty thousand dollars for his kids to take mm-hmm. care of his kids. But he s- somehow had money to put money into Tom Schwartz's business, and he was calling it a Schwartz shuffle because Schwartz weren't wasn't letting him mm-hmm. put money into that business. Yeah, I'm like, where was that money going to come from? Jesse Metcalf? I don't understand. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, even with Randall, right, not being able to pay for $50,000. So he gets to go to court and actually argue his way down to lowering that cost. Let's just talk about the privilege here, right? Lala is like, oh, but Randall's upstanding and he made it right and blah, blah, blah. Okay, but he still had to go to court and fight for the child support to Mm -hmm. be lowered. You don't know what the terms of Brock's child support is. You don't know how much money he owed them. You Mm -hmm. have no idea what his financial situation is, but you do have the balls to go and talk about bunch of cash money shit when Mm -hmm. you don't know anything about this guy and you know i feel bad for sheena because from the beginning of vanderpump rules this is why my heart breaks for her sheena doesn't talk shit about people Mm -mm. no sheena the the most cringy part of watching sheena is that sheena is ultimately a try hard she's a people pleaser and Mm -hmm. she is difficult to watch her be inauthentic right Mm -hmm. she's being inauthentic because she wants to be liked and it's just like inside i think i'm a sheena I do try hard. She's also and I wear my heart on my sleeve. It's all yeah. happening. I do that. <laughs> and it's, it's it, you know, I feel that's what I identify with Sheena. And I feel she is so vulnerable at all times, but she's not afraid of being vulnerable and right. just being open. And she's probably the realest person on yes. Vanderpump Rules. She never, she doesn't do anything shady. Right. She doesn't do anything shitty. She's actually the nicest person other than Raquel, maybe. She She's the nicest person in that group. And that's also, again, everybody wants to love Ariana, right? But like Ariana is best friends with Sheena for a reason. And this whole thing is frustrating because one, Sheena doesn't talk shit about Lala. She never Mm -hmm. has. She Mm -hmm. doesn't talk shit about anybody who's picked on her. Mm -hmm. Sheena and Lala just made it right with Sheena. So for the entire pregnancy, they hadn't spoken to each other. Their babies are now what, like three months old. So it's been almost a year since Lala and Sheena have even communicated with each mm-hmm. other and really yeah. started to hang out with each other. And the first thing you decide to do, Lala, is come in and start talking about how concerned you are about Sheena. Well, that's crazy. And I also think it's important to note that like, if Ariana knows these things about Sheena and Brock and she trusts that situation enough to be like, you know what? I'm going to let Sheena be Sheena. That's what Sheena brings up. My best friends knew about this mm-hmm. and exactly. they've never said anything. And, and she's like, well, just because they don't say anything doesn't mean that I can't say anything. Actually, you can't say anything because you're not friends. Well, also like yeah. Lala is projecting. Okay. Yes. Yeah. The, yes. She, yes. She is, yeah. We all have our 
expecting because she in the hot tub Sheena is like, it was so like, I was so proud of Sheena when she was so calm and she was like, Ariana knew, like, she was like, why didn't you bring this up two years ago? Because two years ago we were fine. Yeah. When we first started dating, you didn't bring it up two years ago. Why are you bringing Mm -hmm. it up now? Ariana knew. You can see Lala get like, yes, Lala needed to stop drinking. That woman needs to go to anger management because she immediately is like, I don't give up fuck what they knew and what yeah. they don't know yeah i'm like no 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 no, ma'am that you're yeah. def- you're projecting you're deflecting yes. because that is an important question why didn't you care two years ago when i started dating this person is it because mm-hmm. stassi and Kristen and katie were here it was because you were really finally out with randall and could be flying people on your pj you you just didn't care okay and i yeah. would have more respect if you just said you know it was a misstep because yeah. i knew brock had two children Two years ago when they first got together. Yeah. Like I knew that just from reading comments. Mm-hmm. And right. it's like every time, every time somebody, I don't agree with Tom Schwartz, like injecting himself into that conversation at dinner. I get what he was trying to say, but he came off really angry. Oh, yeah. Tom, I don't Sandoval, you mean Tom Sandoval. Or Sandoval. Yeah. Sandoval yeah. 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 Sandoval's a, a horrible person to yeah. carry an argument. It's like the most annoying thing in the world. He Sandoval should never, ever argue a point with anybody. Season, he's hyped up. He's hopped up. He's on so something. hyped up. I think you're absolutely right. In that, like, Lala definitely needs anger management because even at that dinner, when Tom starts to poorly argue his point, Lala starts to go crazy. And then she points to Sheena and says, and I think you're dangerous. Like, why is she dangerous? Yes. And she was like, she said she's dangerous and you're fake. And Sheena's just like, okay. Because like, dangerous? Moi? She should? Yeah. Like, she is literally out. just sitting there. And actually, Brock is just sitting there. He's like, I'm not saying anything here. Do you know how many people have died of crop tops? That's how dangerous she, she is. <laughs> like, there's nothing <laughs> dangerous about her other than crop tops. And like, I I'm mean, just so proud of Shishu. So was I. And like, as somebody who's had a friend in a domestic violence situation, like it is uh-huh. very, very hard to get somebody through that. And, you know, it's, it's a hard, it's a tough situation. And I definitely, I would be lying if I said I never lashed out at her at one point, yeah. because it is, you want to shake that person and, you know, I'm trying to help you, but I don't think I ever called her dangerous. <laughs> I never yeah. was like, 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 how is she dangerous? Exactly. That didn't and even it just makes like, sense dangerous to you on the show that's what you mean and ultimately i do think that you know when lala left and ran off and she was talking to lisa and was like i can't do this blah blah lala is having a hard time because she finally was in with the in crowd she finally was like Mm -hmm. in with the witches of weho and then they're gone yeah they're absolutely gone this is not what she thought her experience would be when she finally reached the top of the vanderpump train would be And that's what she's struggling with. Let's talk about that. That is the crux of it. Because Lala is the only one that does not belong on the show right now. Mm -mm. She doesn't belong in this friend group. She doesn't belong in Mm -hmm. Ariana's friend group. Everybody, she's like an add-on. And And she she knows it. And she did it to herself. She did it to herself. Sheena and Ariana used to ride for her. They did Mm -hmm. so much for her. And like last year, and like, yeah, we're... It's like not being talked about enough that like Ariana and Lala did hook up. Yeah. Okay. And it was fine. They were friends after that. And like Lala actually stood up for her when Ariana's own boyfriend was like getting upset about that. Mm -hmm. But she sold her friends out to be in with the in crowd. It's no secret that Stassi and Ariana had a long standing issue 
And Ariana yeah. finally was like, okay, you know what? I got to work with this girl. So my, might as well, might yeah. as well. But Lala just completely, completely abandoned those friendships mm -hmm. as soon mm -hmm. as Stassi and Katie were like, okay, we can be friends now. Yeah. yeah. That's sad. Yeah. Before we get into Beverly Hills, I do want to talk about this news that just came out about Lisa Vanderpump as somebody mm. who works in hospitality. <sighs> oh my okay. God. So in the city of WeHo, they are. Mm -hmm currently debating raising minimum wage especially for restaurant workers a bunch of people that own restaurants are now coming in and arguing with i guess the city council or whatever mm -hmm. and one of those people was lisa vanderpump who urged the council to reconsider raising the minimum wage because of the toll it takes on restaurants bitch you were just on camera this episode giving away money like hotcakes exactly i'll buy Ford. you out i mean it doesn't matter because none of her arguments are gonna hold it's no. gonna go through anyway it's the momentum is is for raising the minimum wage so mm -hmm. she's not gonna be able to hold on to that for sure but I, I do i do understand to some extent where right now small businesses especially the people who come to clean my house the guy was complaining that because their people have gotten a handout during COVID and now they're looking for other jobs that pay them better and mm -hmm. if they get a better pay then they move on right. so he was like I need to raise how much it's going to cost you because I have to pay these people otherwise I lose them so that I can understand when there is a dearth of entry-level workers yeah. There is a dearth of entry-level workers, but the dearth is because somebody else is paying them more. Exactly. Yes. So if you want to be competitive, somebody else is willing to pay more, then you have to raise your pay as well. So exactly. It's a complicated situation, but also at the heart of it, it's very simple. Right? It you is. You have to be able to afford living wages. When yeah. it comes to restaurants, now restaurants in St. Louis and restaurants in LA are Vho especially, yeah, where all the celebrities different. go. They where... have to have like headshots. To, right. You know what I mean? It's crazy to me. However, what I was reading when LVP was, she said something along the lines of like, a lot of these servers will make, you know, up to $500 a night into yeah. $1,000 and blah, blah, blah. That is very much so the game that you play when you are a server and a bartender. I have bartended, you know, and served Mardi Gras, which are huge mm -hmm. out here. St. Patrick's Day, World Series mm -hmm. games, Stanley mm -hmm. Cup games, yeah. like crazy. I have left with $1,500 in a night after mm -hmm. nine hours of gruesome work. However, the next day I've come in, I've made $12. Exactly. That it does, yeah. like, so that argument and even me being in a management position now, I still understand sometimes the girls will leave with so much money. I'm like, my goodness, why am I even here <laughs> responsible for you all? But then the next day, you know, they've been there for two hours. They've made $2. Mm -hmm. So in the cost of living. And if you are working and part of your salary is coming from tips. Exactly. Then you are allowed to have great days. Uh -huh. Yeah. A day where you get a ton of money, but because the rest of the days you're not going to make it. So exactly. It, it's not the same argument. You are not on a 40 hour work mm -hmm. week 
at pay. all. And and so, also it's like selfish for a bar owner or a restaurant, a famed restaurateur who apparently owns tons and tons of mm-hmm. money, tons of businesses, for them to be like, oh, well, it's going to hurt my bottom line. It's going to hurt your bottom line for how long? Exactly. And it's going to maybe not allow you to live as lavishly as you're living now. We're talking about allowing people to have a consistent paycheck mm-hmm. that allows them to live with some comfort where yeah. so that when they do have these days or these events where they're making $1,500 in one night, they're able to actually put it into something else, right? Exactly. Or save it or whatever. Yeah. But you're not, they're arguing about how, like her just arguing about this as if like, oh, well, we're we're so kind to them. Look at how many tips they get. They're still, that, that's an insane, I, it's, oh. it's such a crazy concept. But it's also like, yeah, no shit that Lisa Vanderpump thinks this way. A lot of yeah. bar owners and man- and even managers have that thought process, which is like, I have constant breakdowns of like why I'm still doing what I'm doing. And it ultimately <laughs> is because when I was younger and a server and a cocktail waitress, I was just like miserable. And my mm. bosses were absolutely hell. Mm. And I'm like, if I can make a difference in some of these young girls' lives, and even they're going to go off, you know, all of mm-hmm. them are in school. They're not going to be working there forever. And that's fine right. with me. Yeah. But like just having somebody there that's an ally. And because mm-hmm. a lot of these managers, even ones that were bartenders themselves before, yeah. they forget, like yeah. they forget about that. Same with like owners and things like that. It's like you forget that you were once there and you needed somebody to stand up for you. And now you've turned into that person. I always try and remember that with my like management where yeah. I'm coming from and like my boss will be like who gives a fuck like blah blah they're gonna do it anyway I'm like no no yeah. no, no, no there's a happy medium here so that's right. why yeah. I don't with when it comes and to you LVP know it's, it's a reckoning that has to have happened like years ago mm-hmm. like the, the, it's already overdue right so if they do it now yes there will be disruption yes there will be p- restaurants and other businesses that go under because they cannot afford it because it's not because they cannot afford the money because it doesn't make business sense Mm-hmm. for people like Lisa to have a business and pay that many servers right. of minimum wage. So if your business fails because you cannot afford to pay your employees, then there's something wrong with your business model. And so then you right. don't yes. need to be in business. Then exactly. you don't yeah, deserve also, to let's... have that restaurant because you are not you are not able to afford the labor that is required to run the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what the business is going to be like. So you're going to suffer a little, little bit to make that adjustment. But if you do not make that adjustment, you're going to lose out because people are going to are changing and people are going to pay more. You are going to not be able to pay. That's how the market is going to eventually force you to pay that anyway. Yeah. And also the concern from like a lot of restaurants is like, oh, well, then we have to increase the prices on our menu and then people aren't going to want to come. Okay, well, Lisa Vanderpump, that's not an issue for you because you're already charging people $15 to give them some like half frozen Costco goat cheese balls over like a sad coleslaw. So I don't think that that's even a problem for you Mm -hmm. at this point for you to be like arguing it. I mean, it was hilarious because it was just an unexpected little nugget of news that happened. I was like, look at that. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of restaurants, I do want to quickly touch upon TomTom and their restaurant, the new concept and how the one thing that struck me was there was a lot of Adderall in Tom uh, Sandoval's system. If he was going to call it Adderall, I want to call it cocaine. Yeah. (laughs) Pasta. 
Uh, let's yeah. settle on pasta. Mm-hmm. No, it was, gonna... a, it was a deadly combination there where he could not stop talking. He was imagining the whole place and coming up with all these concepts. And the guy was just walking around looking at him like, like you mm-hmm. idiot. I'm going to fleece you both and pocket all the money. <laughs> also, was going are they that guy's a cantina? Because like, I'm looking at the like. The, it's a cantina, it's a theater, it's a DJ booth, it's, it's a, a wine deli. tasting. Yeah, deli. It's, deli. <laughs> it's, it's also a distillery. It's going to be everything. It's going to be Vegas inside a little box. Exactly. And that's why I'm like, Katie, babes, you do not want to be a part of this. Okay. Yeah, I know. Katie, it's You fine. don't. don't you don't. Yeah. Okay. Like, you really don't. No, I think Katie is trying to looking out for her own money because this is her savings and her home equity is. is being poured into this because Tom Sandoval is completely taking Schwartz along with him down the drain. That's this true. This is going to be such a mess and Katie knows it. And I think that's why there's a difference between Ariana being like, okay, I'm going to sit this one out because you're not married to that man. Yeah. Katie mm-hmm. is married to Schwartz and she yeah. knows that she's married to literally mm-hmm. a bag of like moldy old laundry. So like Mm -hmm. this is what she needs to do. I also understand Sandoval being like, but I'm not in business with you. I'm in business with your husband, which is like Katie's like, yeah, but I still have to protect my assets. And unfortunately, my asset is this moldy bag of laundry. And that's what we're not saying. That's what's not being said is like, I am married to him. This is our home equity loan, even though the I love Ariana. That mm-hmm. shit that she sold LVP about, like, oh, just mm-hmm. his. Oh my god! I just keep imagining them sawing the house. It's, it's, I was it's, like, it's, maybe it's maybe insane. there's a reason Ariana should stick to you know comedy. You know, I just, <laughs> it's, it's possible that Ariana has assets in other places that she just like not True. shared with Tom. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's not that worried I think about she's it. We're doing like, the, the house thing, be... the cocktail box thing. I think it's just hers, not his. Yeah, the I book think was the... supposed to just be hers too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. The book was supposed to be just her. So I think she's like, okay, you do your stupid little cantina deli mm-hmm. and I will do my own thing and then we'll figure it out. I think the house is the least of Ariana's concerns, even yeah. though the house is a big purchase. I I feel, I hope that she is probably has her money in other places where she's not that worried about if mm-hmm. they have to like lose the house. I think she's like, all right, whatever, we'll lose it. I'll just move on with something mm-hmm. else. At the end of the day, they're not in a Jackson Britney situation. They are not in a Jackson Britney situation. Thank no. God for that and maybe that's also why ariana's like you know what i'm good about not being married with this to yeah. this man right yes. now yes okay let's talk about beverly hills the question mm. i want to ask you zell you tell me what you think about this how do you feel after watching four episodes of this about erica and then also in general about beverly hills um i feel exhausted mm-hmm. after all four is done like i feel like a we did it, Joe. We yeah. got through this. We because, got through it. Like, but by the time I was done, I was just like, my goodness. Like, I didn't even have an episode last week because I just, I couldn't, I'm like, I can't get on here and talk about part three. One, because it was really nothing. Yeah. We did not need mm-hmm. four parts mm-hmm. of this. And yeah. at the end of the day, like, I had this thought at the end of this last episode, like, my huge takeaway from this season of Beverly Hills wasn't really Erica. It was the fact that we have Lisa Rinna's a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dorit is also 
a problem. Not not a problem. Yeah. I think she could be a friend of. Okay. Mm-hmm. We need something that's really, I think we need to focus on Crystal, Garcelle, and Sutton. Okay. Yeah. Rebuild that way and have these conversations and go into depth with them. Because mm-hmm. the Fox Force 5, Kyle has been on the show since the beginning. They want to control the narrative so badly. Yeah. So badly. And even watching the reunion, that was not what I thought I was going to get from Kyle and Erica and stuff. Because we watched Kyle and Dorit talk behind her back the whole season. And it's very obvious that there were conversations before they started filming. Mm -hmm. And that's my thing about Beverly Hills. I can't keep doing these off the side conversations with the Fox Force 5 and then them going in trying to control the narrative. Mm -hmm. I just can't keep doing it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. For me, it was of the four parts. If you noticed, they kept mixing and matching things that happened in the fourth mm-hmm. part yes. was shown in the first part. Right. And yes. then they kept reordering the way yes. the interview went over and over and over again yes. with Erica. If you added up all of those extra minutes that were taken to repeat and show us over and over again, you could have inserted that Garcelle clip that was shown at Watch What Happens. Yeah. yeah. Why, was- Why was that taken out? What was the decision to take out the interaction between Garcelle and Erica? Well- After Erica shot her down in La Quinta Mm -hmm. and she made such a big fuss and had a big fight with the producers, which we never talked about. Yeah. We never talked about Garcelle's Haitian dinner. Mm -hmm. Yes. We never talked about that incident that happened in La Quinta that was the producers Mm -hmm. pushing her. We barely touched upon it. And then we never talked about this interaction. They took the interactions with Garcelle out. What was the uh, thought process behind that? I don't understand it. I think that one of the issues that we're seeing on Beverly Hills this season is the issue that we saw in the last couple of seasons of Vanderpump Rules. I think the talent and the production team have become too close Mm -hmm. of friends. Mm -hmm. I remember this was an issue with Vanderpump Rules where Stassi was like going on vacations with production crew, right? Mm -hmm. They were friends with producers. And we know that this guy, Chris something or another, is friends. The guy who we saw last season yell at Denise in Mm -hmm. Europe, that same guy is friends with Kyle like they're Mm -hmm. friends all these people are friends even that story about Rinna saying that she was upset about the fact that Garcelle brought up race Mm -hmm. that is through somebody in production Mm -hmm. so I think one of the issues we have here is that the people who are supposed to be editing and creating these stories or whatever are too friendly and now you have biases and you have sort of a protection that happens with these people you're friends with someone you don't want them to be looking badly on the show exactly and even the Garcelle um, Haitian dinner thing it really made me mad because last episode they talked so much about embracing Crystal and her mm-hmm. culture and all this stuff and we talked about this on our last Saturday episode which was that this better come up the Haitian yeah. dinner Garcelle's family all these scenes with Garcelle her granted the dating thing was like really nothing right. but the fact that at it, the it end, was more than more than Lisa Rinna and Amelia and Scott yes. who, who are not even on the show right. why are we talking about all of that why are we talking about Rina's mother, but not about Garcelle's family and Garcelle's dinner. this this is what I kept waiting and waiting and waiting. I was like, this is yeah, the fourth, the fourth one. There mm-hmm. has to be a focus on Garcelle. What is this? Ha- what is happening here? And the fact that Kathy at the end had to like pull out her note and be like, oh, one more thing before we finish. I just want to talk about this because I think Kathy was also waiting for them to bring up the dinner. Mm-hmm. So Kathy loves Garcelle. Right. 
Did yeah. you see her on the reel? Like, she really likes her. <laughs> yeah, I saw clips of it. And, like, it drove me crazy. I have to say that I, when I was writing notes for this, it says this isn't fun, like, eight times. I didn't yeah. have fun watching this. I don't think that Erica is a nice person to watch. And mm-hmm. it's very clear that the only people who are willing to say anything to her are Sutton and Garcelle. Even Crystal barely said anything. Oh, And yeah. ultimately... What it shows me is that she has a sort of like a mob boss control over the situation. Like it felt to me like I was watching a cult leader sit around and say insane things and his followers are just like too scared to say anything. And it was very evident. They brought it up multiple times. Like Mm -hmm. this is why nobody asks you questions. This is why people talk behind your back because you bite their heads off because you lose your mind. And Erica doesn't know what the word liar means. At all. At all. I I love (laughs) that. In this episode. The fact that she was like, yeah, you told us that your marriage was perfect and then it wasn't. That's lying. And you and pretended like, to be my friend. And Erica says, no, that's called playing your ass. Okay, well, let's yeah. talk about some of the words we used to describe a player. A liar. Yeah. You're generally a liar. And also, yeah. also when, Sa- when Erica said, no, that's called playing your ass. So you were deci- deceitful. You pl- you are a you are admitting that you were lying and you were playing my ass. So if you... How did Andy move away from that? Why wouldn't Andy press on her and say, so you were not truthful there? You weren't honest there? You said you are doing all everything truthful and honest. I've been honest and truthful. This wasn't honest or truthful. No, Why isn't wasn't. anybody calling her out on that? Andy was sitting there and smiling at Erica and saying, oh, you are so I noticed that. Yeah. I never noticed. And he's almost like, appreciative of her he was almost admiring Mm -hmm. her way of dodging the bullet right he is looking at it as hey here's my next book that i'm gonna write about i'm gonna write about erica and the beverly hills and all of the crime that the housewives do this is my next book idea and i'm gonna have save what i think about erica for the book that's what he's thinking he's he looks at it as uh, another check a producer Mm -hmm. That is looking at it and saying, this is going to make good TV. Mm -hmm. That's what he is looking at. I will say this. When I watched the scene that was taken out with the argument between Mm -hmm. Garcelle and Erica, I think I watched it like twice. Mm -hmm. I think that from a production standpoint, we had had the conversation about what Lisa Rinna said. We had had the conversation about what um, Dorit's insensitivities I think Mm -hmm. that they saw it as like, okay, we're going to show this argument with Erica and Garcelle and it's going to become a race thing again. And we've already Mm -hmm. covered this and we've already been through it. So that's why they took it out because I don't think it was, uh, I don't think it was a racing. The only thing that I was just like, okay, Erica, like, ha ha. She mm-hmm. was like, you wouldn't stand there and fight for yourself and stand up for yourself. And I was wanted to be like, Erica, you have to remember Garcelle's standing there and fighting for herself and snapping and biting people's heads off the way you did are is totally different. Yeah. She Can would you be imagine perceived- if Garcelle had no. bitten people's head Mm-mm. off the way Erica Mm-mm. did in this reunion Mm-mm. or spoken with her teeth clenched. She At does all. that. She speaks with her teeth like this. Yeah, like she does. You know, yeah. And that is something that would be deemed aggressive and people would ca- would call her aggressive. Nobody mm-hmm. around the cou- couch ever Passively used the word aggressive. Yeah, yeah exactly. nobody used that with Erica. I just think that it would have brought up another conversation. I think that the producers and whoever over at Bravo were like, okay, no, we're not doing this because it's going to become a racing again. I ultimately think that like 
that what Rena said was probably backed up. And I think that conversation was with the producer, like, oh, mm-hmm. we have so many race conversations and blah, blah, especially with, yes. with all the stuff going on mm-hmm. in New York. They were, because Bravo has showed us, they they don't want to yeah. talk about race. They don't want to talk about they race. They want yep. to no. surf, they want to hit in on the surface level and then they want to be done with it. They want to give us right. a PBS after school special, don't be racist, mm-hmm. love everybody, hearts. Yeah. And yeah. that's it. Yeah, I think Erica, so the things that drove me insane about Erica is pretty much all of it, but she doesn't tell us anything of value. She doesn't really bring us any new information. She continues to sort of go down this delusional meetup story path, and she's clearly, clearly putting on an act. Like, mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. a character that she has studied up for, and I actually think the character that she is playing right now is the wife of a lawyer. I think mm-hmm. that she's behaving with the other women how Tom probably behaved with her. Yeah. I think that when she asked Tom questions and the way he snapped at her at her is probably how she is now snapping at these women. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's essentially what I think is happening. But one of the things I thought that was interesting is that when they brought up the thing about what happened at La Quinta, where she admitted to Garcelle off camera, but on mic, that Tom does call her. Why did mm-hmm. she deny that? Why didn't she want to talk about it? And she said she didn't want people to know that she was speaking to Tom because she didn't want people to think that she was in cahoots with him. But this is before the New York Times mm-hmm. article is out, mm-hmm. which is brand new information. So mm-hmm. at this point, she is saying she knew nothing about his wrongdoings and the reason why she divorced him is because he was controlling and because he was mentally declining and she couldn't deal with it anymore so that's the reasons that she gives for leaving this man Mm -hmm. because she felt like she was financially bound by him and she didn't want to continue to be financially bound by him Mm -hmm. but she also says i didn't want people to know he and i were talking because i didn't want it to look like i knew anything about what was going on well then you just admitted to everybody that Mm -hmm. you did know everything that was going on and that is the reason why you are leaving him and like i don't understand why nobody is calling her out on this like that's the part i think that drove me crazy is like no one is calling her out for why she is divorcing him and why she is claiming that she knew nothing and they kind of tried to a little bit but she's like even when she says oh i talked to tom and she gets all crying she starts crying and she says i asked him why would you leave me with all of these lawsuits pointing you left him yeah 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 what you left him that was and if he is mentally incompetent you think he's going to have an answer to that question that was another it led into another monologue because that's what i was like this whole fourth part that was my other takeaway i was like she has practiced okay because when she was like i just and then she looked into the camera it was like somebody said and seen Yes. And she goes into another monologue and then she does another one later on when the whole I'm coming for you. Oh I can't God. have this conversation anymore with people because I'm like, no, no, no. She didn't say it like Atlanta, Potomac, like, oh, are you coming for me today? Yeah. Oh, somebody no, no, no. woke up and decided they wanted to come for me today. That's not how you said it. You yeah. had your finger and you said, you ever do that to me again? I'm coming for you. Yeah. Okay, I don't even know how she moved her (laughs) fingers like that. But she said, I'm coming for you. Okay. No, she leaned in and turned around and did her little pose. With doo-doo nail. (laughs) Exactly. You said it like that. Okay. Now, would I hire security if Erica told me she was coming for me? No, because you're actually not. And I hate it. I hate it. First of all, she said, only in Beverly Hills is everyone so precious. And I'm like, that was, okay, that was part of your audition. But when she told (laughs) Sutton. When she told Sutton, what I mean by that is everybody, when you're on this show long enough, everybody has their day 
in their season when stuff happens to them and they're put on front street. Arguably, very true. Yes, everyone yes. does. Because yes. in the words of Lisa Renna, that's life, honey. Yeah. But, but <laughs> we don't know what Sutton's issues may be when they arise. You know yeah, what I yes. mean? What her hardships may be. It could be, God forbid, losing somebody close to her. It yeah, could be yeah. it could be anything else, but I tell you what, it probably won't be defrauding orphans and widows. Yes. It's yes. not it has nothing to do with the fact that it was your time, I Erica. Wish had said, I don't plan to defraud orphans and widows exactly. in the near future. So you can rest assured. Exactly. I would have that should have been the response from Sutton. I would not be defrauding orphans and widows. Exactly. I would have wanted somebody to when they when Andy said how who here thinks that uh, Erica knew and I wanted somebody to say it doesn't matter whether she knew at that time she knows now mm-hmm. and she still is not being remorseful and she's still flaunting her wealth when there are victims involved she hasn't said a word in public about the victims and she hasn't said a word and she's like my lawyer said that and i'm like your lawyer saying it means nothing Nothing. the lawyer is checking a box you on the other hand have said the exact opposite you have done the exact opposite of what your lawyer is saying you are not you're saying that they cannot touch your money you Mm -hmm. are not to be blamed for this even though your name is on it and you are fighting all of that so why is why didn't anybody raise their hand and said we believe that she didn't know then but we think she knows now and she's still blocking the victim you know what i found gross too from her when she went on that like why does it have to be my money why should yeah. we dig into the secretary should we dig into yeah, every yes. lawyer that- i was like oh my yeah. god no 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 i was like miss ma'am miss mama no you are not yeah. i was like are you serious you were married to him no, and also she's then admitting that the money did get there, right? Exactly, she exactly. She says the $20 million, she says, I never got $20 million. But even if I did, does that mean that everybody is going to get their money taken away? It's like, no, so the secretaries and lawyers actually earned their income. Exactly. What did you do to get that $20 million? They worked for it. What, are you, what did you do? Well, she worked something exactly. uh, to get that money <laughs> from that old man. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just, she kept saying things, thinking like, I'm going to tell you and just digging herself into a hole and to some degree I understand why she was like I'm not gonna say anything about this that's why she came in in that Christmas dinner basically saying nothing that was her best that was the best she did all season yeah Mm -hmm. and and then later on when he's like why did you say alleged right Mm -hmm. and she says oh because I got in trouble with trouble with the lawyers well let's talk about that Mm -hmm. she said she has to say alleged so that it, it doesn't get brought up in court but why would it get brought up in court? Well, if she was put on the stand to be a character witness for her husband or her ex-husband about what happened. That's why she said alleged is because she's trying not to get roped in. Mm-hmm. And when she says things like alleged victims instead of the victims, mm-hmm. what it says is that in a legal setting, I'm assuming, that in then in a legal setting, they can say, well, even your wife or your ex-wife said that they were victims. Mm-hmm. But why would they call her up on stage or on stage? Uh, why would they call her up into, into court about this if she knew nothing about it? She knows yeah. something. So the lawyers are coaching her how to deal with this. And that was Sutton's point. Mm-hmm. You are talking to legal counsel about what to tell us. And then when we tell you that, you're like, I know nothing. 
I know yeah. nothing. I know right. absolutely nothing about it. I did think another really funny thing was that she goes, if I knew what was going on, I would never have been on this show. And it just cracked me up because I was like, why didn't they zoom in on Dorit? Literally. Because yeah. <laughs> those two scammers. Like, it, I'm like, because, <laughs> And it's like, girl, yes, you would have because your ego and your want yeah. For yes. fame and popularity. And also, you thought you were getting away with it. Exactly. Why would you exactly. Not? You didn't think you were going to get caught. Exactly. That's why it's called, you yeah. know, Ponzi scheme and things like that. Like, girl, what? Like, yeah. saying I would have never been on TV. Teresa and Joe. Yeah. Okay, yes. Dorit, your castmate, Dorit. You know, Jen uh, fucking shove. And yeah, the ex- feds exactly. breathing down her neck. Her partners were arrested and she still, she still got on the show. Exactly. Like, your need for adoration and things like that that's why you're on the show girl please don't try don't try and do that with us and the whole thing wasn't fun because even at the end she keeps saying their claims and alleged and Mm. the so-called victims like you're still using words that basically dismiss a bunch of people who have legitimate claims Mm -hmm. to money that they are owed Mm -hmm. i don't care if you are divorcing your husband the husband that you've said on camera many many times is not a good man even if you're doing that and that let's say let's put that into a separate bucket the money that is owed to people is legitimate money like to now say alleged victims no the victims are for sure there they weren't given money these aren't people that are hiding money you're Mm -hmm. the person that's hiding money your husband's the person that was hiding money so i don't even understand why they're called claims and alleged and so-called that itself is so tone deaf and insane like Mm -hmm. And even then she's like, you know, I think it was Garcelle or somebody who brought it up. Like, you're saying that you feel bad for Tom, but you're also saying that he's a terrible person, which I understand both can be true. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. actually do think that when she's crying about him not realizing where he is or not giving her information, she said something like, at least that's what he told me. He has no idea or that's how he is with me. Mm-hmm. I think that there's that was like a big tell because that again shows me that Erica herself doesn't really believe that Tom is this sick. Mm-hmm. The whole yeah. thing was maddening because it very much felt to me like Bravo still dealt with her with kid gloves mm-hmm. in order to keep her on the show because they're filming. And oh, she, yeah, already. They're filming. Yeah, yeah, they're filming already. And I like, I just, I, it wasn't fun. It didn't answer any questions. To some degree, I think, fine, continue to dig yourself into this hole so that the victims can get their money because they they are going to pull these tapes. They're mm-hmm. going to ask for all of the tapes. Right. So right. I'm like, Unedited. fine. Fine, but it's like, I mean, why are we paying for this woman then, right? Because it's right. our views. Exactly. Did you guys watch that What Happens Live with Sierra and Paige? Oh, no, I didn't because <sighs> I've been dabbling yeah. in Winterhouse. Okay, yeah. Yes. Pretty much Paige I- believes Erica. Of course, Paige yeah. believes Erica. Yeah, exactly. Of course she does. But And I was just like, of course you do. Because, yeah. and it's the same thing that I think, Norm, me and you talked about this. It's like the same thing with the women, like keep the rich rich. Okay, mm-hmm. that is ultimately what Paige DeSorbo wants to be. That's what she aspires to be. Um, mm-hmm. So, of course, she does. But that is just my takeaway from these women, especially in Beverly Hills, is like, well, no, you can't go after her money. Like, the, their money is their core, is their yes. being. And they are like, if you take their money away, you're just taking everything, mm-hmm. yeah. everything. So that's why I was just like, I don't think I'm ever going to, well, obviously, ever going to understand those women in Beverly Hills. But this just made it even more 
clear for me. And they're also women yeah. who haven't necessarily worked for it. Mm-hmm. You know, if yeah. you think like Lisa Rinna, yes, she sold diapers. And then. Well, Garcelle you know, Kyle, the only one. In that group, Garcelle currently is the only one. And apparently Sutton made money with her ex-husband on various mm-hmm. business. Like they yeah. both yeah. worked together to mm-hmm. make that money. But like Crystal, Doree, definitely not Erica. Mm-hmm. And even Kyle, like Kyle had some money when she was younger, but for the most part, her marriage with Maurizio is like Maurizio made the money. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about women who are clinging onto a lifestyle that they haven't necessarily worked for and therefore have no empathy. There's no warmth there. Mm-mm. There's no warmth yeah. in Beverly Hills. And I think that especially because Potomac is so good, it's hard to continue to watch something like that where people have no warmth and they're not relatable and it's just the whiteness of it all it you is. know like, it it is. Is <laughs> i know people are going to watch it again because erica has made sure that her mm-hmm. saga is going to span multiple seasons right and so because it's going to be a long and arduous process blah mm-hmm. blah blah so she's going to be talking about this she's going to start dating she's going right. to do all kinds of bullshit mm-hmm. to stay on the show because she needs the money exactly so she's going to continue but i don't know if i can truly watch it anymore i feel like if we watch it we are actually condoning and we are the victims are not getting their money we are like it's almost like watching a criminal get away with it yeah i mean what can we watch on bravo anymore that's like yeah, the real that's question true. <laughs> because that's, mean, true. that's true right now like there's all this stuff coming out which is like not a surprise to anybody about mm-hmm. ramona and mm-hmm. the lawsuit that she and i guess like the the situation, the legal situation between her and Ebony and how Ramona straight up was like horrible after the incident with Luann in the Mm -hmm. Hamptons and the entire cast had to go through sensitivity training. And it's like they went through sensitivity training. And even after that, that is, this is how the entire season rolled out. Like, so let me clarify this. So when, so what Ramona said happened right right in the beginning of the season, right? Yes. So mm-hmm. this is they that happened in the beginning of the season. But then Ebony and Ramona filmed for the rest of the season and there was no mention of that. Why is Ebony bringing it up now instead of then? Why didn't it blow up then? Well, Why did Ebony come on multiple Watch What Happens Live and everything and say that she and Ramona had patched things up when there was an investigation going on? Why was why wasn't this leaked before? I, I I'm, I'm not so saying that confused. there's Ebony did something wrong here. I'm not saying there. I'm just trying to figure out what the timeline for it was and Me why too. it yeah. took them that long. That's that's, that's what my me. thing with New York. I'm like, mm-hmm. what? is going on huge question mark huge question mark because i don't get the timeline either now i will say this i understand what it's like to experience racism in the workplace and then just try and like come in the next day and try and turn the cheek and try and move forward and kind of like key key with somebody i just don't i don't get like the course of events i really don't okay and it's just like one thing i've learned about sensitivity training because i've had incidences with people where they had to go through it after how they spoke to me. It's more so to, mm-hmm. they say it's to help, but from my experience, I'm like, no, it's just to inconvenience that person. So they know that mm-hmm. they need to keep their mouth shut. And yeah. at that point, I'm just like, whatever, as long yeah. as you act right towards me. Yeah. yeah. But I just don't get where we're at in this entire thing is so 
messy. And I feel for Ebony when I've seen these pictures of her lately at that book sign or book party and everything. She real not to sound like Harry Hamlin and Lisa Renna, but she looks <laughs> very, very sad. I don't know if she would come back because I don't yeah. know if I would. I as yeah. much as I would want to tell a story, this is a hot mess. It is. I'm just wondering if this was this happened and nobody told Ebony until recently. And Mm. that's why she filed the complaint more recently. Wasn't there also a new story that these people were like they had a pact of leaving the room when Uh Ebony shows up during filming? Mm -hmm. So they are currently filming. No, no, no. That wasn't during filming. That was at a party. The the book party. That was at a party. But I think that the legal stuff happened before the reunion, which is why the reunion didn't happen when it was supposed to, Mm -hmm. is because there was a an investigation going on they couldn't get together for the reunion Uh because it was at that time so i Mm. think that that's probably why and i wouldn't be surprised if the investigation wrapped up it wasn't to the liking of ebony and that's potentially why the reunion didn't happen i mean who knows but one of the things yeah what's that the crew member too had said yes exactly so i do think that there is I think one of the issues, and we talked to Taria from what else is going on about this, like on separate DMs, and we've sort of touched on this on like a bonus episode on our Patreon, which is that I think a lot of the way that these shows are being done and a lot of the view is still through the white lens, right? Mm -hmm. Like ultimately, these are still shows that are being seen from the lens of a white viewer, a white editor, a white person in production. Mm -hmm. These people of color are being brought into white spaces and then viewed from the lens of a white person. This is why it felt so icky when they were all sitting at the reunion in Beverly Hills talking about like, oh, Crystal, we love your culture. Mm -hmm. Like if it was a room of Asian people, you would never have that conversation. You would never say, oh, I I appreciate your culture so much. It would just be like, this is just who you are. Like- Something about the way that these shows are being structured, it's upsetting me because it's all from the lens of a white person. I mean, even with Rahasas of Dubai, a lot of the outrage now is, right, it's from the lens of a white person. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, like when we pointed out on our social media, like, you guys have been rooting for Ramona. You still think that Ramona is like the heart of Roni. There's all these things that are problematic that you guys are just like eating up. Everybody is still obsessed with Tamara and Vicky. It's like those things are all fine. And now you also want to rage against a bunch of brown people on a show in Dubai. The outrage is not equal. And again, the outrage is based on white people. Because right. then when I posted that, a bunch of a bunch of people climbed into our DMs and were like, yeah, but we've evolved. And just because we were for Ramona before, now we understand and our view has evolved. It's like, okay, but now you understand when it comes to brown people. Like, the view, even this is what drives me crazy with the Candace thing, right? It's like Candace is a terrible person because white people decided that Candace is a terrible person. But you guys love and appreciate this same type of shady messiness when it's Lisa Rinna that's doing it. Stassi. When it's Erica Jane. Or Joe Gorga When it's Stassi Joe. that's doing it. When Stassi. it's Joe Gorga. <laughs> when it's these people. So it's like even the outrage right now is being controlled from a white lens. And I think that's what... As a person of color who is watching this, that is what feels like a disconnect. 
And again, and go back to who is sitting at the table to make these decisions? Exactly. How diverse are those tables? Because I don't think that these stories are being crafted no. by people of color. And I've mm-hmm. I said this before. I said, listen, when it comes to Roni and when it comes to Beverly Hills, people want to say, we were never talking about race on this show before. You know why? Mm-hmm. Because there was only one race represented and that's fucking white right. people. Like, yeah. that's why, like, that's why. And it's just yeah. baffling to me. Like you said, we're talking about Candace's mouth. We're talking about, and we're not even, I've been on such a journey with Candace. We're not talking (laughs) about Ashley Darby's mouth because Ashley Darby has said some really, really messed up Mm -hmm. things. Yep. Yep. And it is painful for me to see her get like the mommy like vote and get the moms in it because those, those same people were not in Monique's corner. They were, Mm -hmm. even though Monique has her. Oh, no, she's okay. And yeah. not even in Wendy's corner. Like, yes, literally yeah. called Wendy ferocious when she was upset that she could not bring, she didn't know she could bring her baby when Ashley brought baby Dean. Called her ferocious. Yeah. Also, somehow she, Ashley's, Ashley's baby was more important and was featured in every storyline. But Wendy's baby, who's almost the same age. Exactly. Old, we've barely Wendy seen being Cameron. a new mother was not featured at all. But we've no. never heard her motherhood story. And, you know, maybe it wasn't one she might not have wanted to tell. You know what right. I mean? But th- the fact that she was eight weeks postpartum, Giselle mm-hmm. and Robin and uh, you know, even Karen on some, on a certain level did not Mm. offer her the same new mommy, like, you know, Mm -hmm. shielding and protecting that they give Ashley Darby. And it's Mm -hmm. baffling to me. I am so for like, yeah, we're going to stand up for moms. We need to stand up for all moms. Okay. Not just the ones that paint our picture and fit into our narrative. And Ashley Mm -hmm. Darby fits into that narrative for people. And what is the point of giving Ramona a sensitivity training after she has insulted a black person versus having all of the Bravo talent go through mandatory sensitivity training, racism training, bias training? Yeah. None of that. They don't make them go through it. And then now they're trying to fix it by making them do a training after the fact, right. which is which is going to make them get more defensive about it anyway. So it's not going to make any effect. It's not going to change anything about this person anyway. No, it's not no, going to change anything. No, and, and then going back to just Beverly Hills, just kind of wrapping up this conversation, I think that what's driving me crazy and what made me really uncomfortable and just it what just didn't feel fun it's like the episode was still tailored around trying to make us feel bad for Erica mm-hmm. and it's like I don't agree one I think that she's a legitimate monster she's a miserable she's an actually miserable person she's mm-hmm. not even nice to the people that mm-hmm. she claims to be friends with she snaps at everyone that's why mm-hmm. actually Rena doesn't really say anything because she knows that she's sitting right next to Erica and she's probably just gonna like punch her in the face or whatever right. but like Erica's not a pleasant person and we're still watching it with Andy wrapping it up like you guys said saying like oh thank you for being so open and letting us ask these questions even the last thought is everybody go around the room and talk about how you feel now that Erica did it mm-hmm. like you're forcing people to what compliment her exactly like, all of it still felt like we're still supposed to be somehow pulling at our heart like all this sympathy that we need to like have for this like rich white lady it just feels weird when you have on the other side of the country a black woman ebony who was told that she was acting like a victim in these mm-hmm. situations. So yeah. it just it's just it feels imbalanced. You know, I felt like they were harder on Tiffany Moon 
in Dallas than they were on Erica. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and I, I, to some degree, I do think Andy was tied by the fact that, like, you can ask somebody a million questions if they keep lying to you. Like, what do you what do you do? What do you, mm-hmm. How much how many how many more? What else can you do professionally to politely tell this person that they're a liar? Right. Like he tried. I also think when he says you're a piece of work, he's really saying you're a piece of shit, but I'm going to make money off of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I think. Yeah, that, oh, yeah. Yeah. But you know he's what I seeing mean? money. He's seeing money. Exactly. That's, that's exactly. the point. Yeah. I think that ultimately with Bravo, we just see a bunch of white women who do problematic things and then victimize themselves over and over because yes. really quick. Did you guys listen to that? Call her daddy with Paige and Hannah. No. We don't listen to that. No, I know. I don't either. I don't either. And I actually started it and then I had to stop it because I can't stand that girl's voice. But it was baffling to me. I said, were we watching the same television program? Because in Paige said some kind of ignorant shit in it as well. And I was just like, something's going on here because she Mm -hmm. makes a comment. She's like, I mean, is Stassi even still canceled? And I was just like, I'm not going to keep having this Stassi conversation. the core of it is that these are these are wealthy people who mm-hmm. have gotten enough um, access and fame without any living like actually living worldly life. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. and so they think that everything they've done in their life so far is good and correct because, well, why else would they have gotten here? If exactly. It wasn't for being good people. There's still a lot of shit in this country is woven into this capitalist idea mm-hmm. of like, you're a good person you're rich exactly. you must have done something good if you're rich so exactly all these and i need to i deserve like, to keep my wealth exactly mm-hmm. and i get yeah. to keep my wealth it's like you don't get to be whereas like as a <laughs> i actually watch these shows and if anything i've learned from watching housewives is that you cannot be a good person and be that rich you have to be a real monster mm-hmm. to end up having that much money so i go the complete opposite but we have an issue with bravo when it comes to just the view from which these shows are mm-hmm. made. And I think that until we tailor that, like we've seen it with, um, I mean, the reason why early Atlanta was so good was because of Carlos King. Mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. that was a person that really knew how to tailor the shows and create the shows in a way that not just entertain us. I mean, some of that shit was super problematic, but it was just excellent television because it was done through the lens of a person of color. So it's like, I don't see that across the board on Bravo. We saw it with, you know, Family Carmel was really done really well mm-hmm. because you had people of color, you had South Asians involved in production. So I think that production, that Production, is- camera, everything is South Asian and that's yeah, why it so works. That's why it works is you need to get brown people to tell brown stories mm-hmm. about brown people. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly. like- I, I that's what's missing across the board at Bravo and and you know Andy Cohen's certainly not going to be the one that solves it. And I don't know why they why they it seems like they're fighting it almost. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, because well, because like we said, yeah. you know, they yeah. Their right. audience, they think their core audience is white. So they yes. are created this this whole world has been created for white consumption. Yes. Now there are more black and brown people they notice are consuming it and then we we are speaking up and demanding more but their core audience and you know that because if you are on twitter or instagram you are getting that core audience mm-hmm. still fawning over all of these women yeah. yes all of yeah. these problematic folks on bravo they're still fawning on them so the as long as that audience core audience remains bravo doesn't have to change at all 
they can What's... go they can get away with checking a box they can get away with just mm-hmm. you know words and not actions because their core audience will say look that's what he did and he did such a great job how many people go on watch what happens live and kiss andy's ass Yes. How many of them, even if they change their mind, if they are given an opportunity to be on Watch What Happens Live, they'll kiss their ass and say how awesome he has been. Yes. And if we've learned nothing over the last, I'd say, six years of this being in America, it's that white women, how do I say this? It's underrated how powerful white women are and not in a good way. Oh, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. You know? So I think that if Bravo's viewership is still primarily white people, specifically white women, they are still going to create television programming for that viewer. Mm -hmm. If you just look at how the elections this week went in like Virginia, Mm -hmm. you'll see that the demographic, it doesn't matter if every single black person or every single brown person comes out in droves. The majority of this country is white Mm -hmm. still. And the majority of this country is still being made for white people and that therein lies the problem. So Mm -hmm. it's the same issue that we have politically. It's the same issue we're having right now in Bravo. But I guess that means that we still continue to make some noise and try to push for, again, brown stories by brown people for brown people. Yeah. Well, this was a very therapeutic conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Sal, can you tell everybody where they can find you um yes i'm on instagram at who asked me podcast and my podcast is who asked me it's on you know apple spotify wherever you listen to your podcast it was so awesome to have you thank you so i'm so excited to be here yeah (laughs) absolutely so we'll be back on our wednesday episode thanks everyone say bye The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. Rody. When you work in quality assurance, perfection comes easy. Tori Tuchilo. When Tori steps on the scene, you are his story. Eugene Henderson. In the game of life, I choose Jeopardy. Maria M. Where I come from, they sing God Save the Queen. The truth is, it's actually me. Becca Simon. If you can't stand the heat come to minnesota jill hirsch your petty drama can't take this warrior down jamie all some people call me cold but it's not me it's that minnesota weather sarah gibbs you may not like the cut of my jet but that's what you get from sarah gibbs richie d if you can't be cool you can't be with caduce megan shaw i may be a model but i'll never be your model minority samaj bledson the fun bus is here and i'm driving on the turn Mike. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and they're not even on my payroll. Danny McLaughlin. First, I came out, and now I'm coming for everything. Kelly Paper. I may be from down under, but don't ever underestimate me. Seiran Hayati. In Sweden, we have ABBA, IKEA, and if you mess with me, some other four-letter words. Jessica Riley. Where I come from, money can buy you anything, but I'll take the garbage plate. Chastity Davis. Don't be fooled by my name. The only thing I abstain from is your bullshit. Sarah Watkins Bilstein. Playtime is over. This mom means business. Laura Zielinski. Whether it's breast pumping or fist bumping, this mama brings the party. Jill Walsh. I made it up the hill myself and I'll kick any jack off. And finally, diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is.